I can only find words for, and sometimes I can't. Here are the flowers that stand for. I stand here on the sidewalk. I can't stand it, but yes, of course, I understand it. Everything has to have meaning. Things have to stand for something. I can't take the time. Even skin deep is too deep. I say to the flower stand, man. Beautiful flowers at your flower stand, man. I'll take a dozen of the lilies. I'm standing as it were on my knees before a little man up on a raised runway altar where his flowers are arrayed. Along the outside of the shop, I take my flames and pay inside. I go off and have sexual intercourse. The woman is the woman I love. The room displays 13 lilies. I stand on the surface. Welcome, the season of the light. What beauties charm the wondering sight. In thy enchanting rain, how fresh descends the morning dew. Whilst opening flowers in various hue, bedeck the sprightly plain, the artless warblers of the grove, and again unite in songs of love to bless thy kind return. But first, the lark, who roaring seems to hail the orb of day, whose beams wish fresh refulgence burn. The limpid brook that purls along the tuneful blackbird's joyous song. The soft whispering breeze, the mossy hills which now invite. These, with the murdant meads, unite. The elated mind to please, the mind with thoughts of good possessed. With innocence and virtue blessed, untaught in vice's ways, may taste those joys by nature given, may lift enraptured eye to heaven, and their great author praise. Stern winter's gloomy season past, we see fair spring advances fast. With summer in the rear, soon autumn shades will interpose, and a succeeding winter's close with swift revolving year. an emblem true the early morn of youth we view in spring's delightful faith meridian life's a summer day with an autumn fades it's a quick decay in winter's blast we trace then let us prize each fleeting hour improve the moments in our power ever time shall cease to be then shall our spirits taking wing be crowned with an eternal spring from wintry storms set free well, good morning. It's another episode of Waking Up with Danny. It is Monday, April the 20th, and you can tell I'm in the mood for spring. Those were two odes to spring, the first of which was a seedle. No, not a beer mug or a glass, a Frederick seedle from 1936. Second of which was written by Elizabeth Bentley, a poet who lived from 1767 to 1839. Born in Norwich, England, to Elizabeth Lawrence and David Bentley. You're listening to Dmitri Shostakovich's Festive Overture, one of my favorite classical tunes. Tis the season of bright, a birdie song brings me to wake, such delight, and daytimes fade later still, the smells of grill, the grass is shaved, and the smells of fresh cuts fill my lungs. Market crowds, city lots, and warm rains fill the pits of lawns with nature's wet for colorful plants. New life! The cycle begins anew. How lucky are we, the changing constants, always rebirthing. This is a dream of spring.
glorious spring, how amazing you are. You are both truths, beauty, and light. You travel far, yet always remain bright. Baby lambs greet you with a bleat. Birds fly stretching their wings, lovers on a seat. We are truly thankful for what you bring. Spring, never leave. Oh, but can I compare how I feel when you're near? Spreading your joy to those so dear. Spring, we celebrate your birth, and may we mourn each year you leave this earth. Oh, spring! Sunshine while it lasts, New Jersey, though temperatures will be cooler than Saturday. Most sunny skies are still in store for Sunday, but the dry weather isn't expected to hold on to the work week. Meteorologists are calling for rain, which could be heavy at times, to move into the area early Monday morning. National Weather Service Mount Holly office expects high temperatures to reach the mid to upper 50s near the coast, while other areas of the state could see temperatures reach low to mid 60s on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, and what was expected to be a routine flight from Kansas City to Denver turned into an ordeal Friday after passengers waited on the tarmac in Colorado Springs for six hours and the flight ended up getting canceled. One passenger said, quote, I feel like we've been hijacked, held hostage today, and there's been no sincere effort to help us, said Catherine Writings, a passenger on Republic Airlines Flight 4934. Quote, I'm just shocked. The plane left Kansas City bound for Denver International Airport at 6.29 a.m., but was diverted to Colorado Springs due to bad weather that also diverted many other planes on Friday. Passengers were told they could leave the plane, but they would forfeit their seats with any connecting flights, and many stayed on board. Well, geez louise, let's take a look at the national picture, shall we? It's 73 and sunny in Seattle, Washington, 74 and sunshine in Boise, San Francisco's got partly cloudy skies and 64, Albuquerque is sunny with 73, Dallas sunny, 72, San Antonio, Texas is cloudy at 74 degrees, New Orleans is partly cloudy at 81, it is a warm morning out there. Atlanta's got thunderstorms at 76, Washington, D.C., partly cloudy at 83, Miami, Florida, 88 degrees with scattered thunderstorms, Omaha, 60 degrees and got some wind and cloudy skies, Minneapolis, 49, we'll chill you up there, Chicago, Illinois is uh, 53 and 
Rainy. Yeah, and it looks like there are severe thunderstorms possible all the way up the east coast from Jacksonville, Florida, stretching up through Washington, D.C. and up into New York City, New York. Well, what's going on in the world? News. and things. It's time for the news. What is it all mean? News. around the world. It's time for the Thousands of runners, including some of the world's best, and hundreds of thousands of fans are expected to hit the streets of Boston on Monday for the 119th running of the Boston Marathon. Security will be high among the 26.2-mile course in recognition of the bombing of the 2013 race, which killed three people and injured 264 in one of the most visible attacks on U.S. soil since September 11, 2001. Police urged spectators not to bring large bags or coolers, saying that such packages would be subject to search. They also also banned the use of drones along the course, so common sense, people. And U.S. Secret Service agents arrested an intruder who scaled the White House fence late Sunday. The individual was immediately arrested while climbing the fence on the south side of the presidential mansion, Secret Service spokesperson Brian Leary said in a statement. U.S. media outlets said the person was carrying a suspicious package that turned out to be harmless. Climber's name and gender were not released. Let's be honest, it was probably some weird dude. Secret Service agents whose job it is to protect the president have been on high alert in the recent months following a string of high-profile security breaches at the White House. On September 19th, a disturbed Army veteran jumped the White House fence, sprinted across the lawn, and entered the building with a knife in his pocket. The person arrested Sunday was placed in custody and charges were pending, officials said. The stock market, the Dow indexes. Money, the money's and matters. Money's and matters, and money's and matters, and money's and matters. Where are your investments today? Let's track your stocks. Let's track your stocks. Let's track your stocks. Let's track your stocks. Mutual funds and lots of. Beijing believes in wealth effects trickling down to the broader economy. It also wants to avoid its stock market going the way of its housing market. The big reserve cut in China over the weekend, a one percentage point reduction in banks' reserve requirement ratio, the largest such reduction since 2008, seemed to be about pumping more lending into an economy which struggling through the first quarter to a disappointing 7% GDP growth rate. Chinese Premier Li Keqiang called first quarter data, quote, not pretty, and economists widely predicted the country to respond with monetary stimulus. But close watchers of China's stock market had another take. The ratio cut was aimed at stocks and the wealth effect they supposedly create. China, like the U.S., believes rising markets boost the overall economy. Rising stock markets make people feel rich, driving them to spend more, and spending trickles down to all rungs of society. Today in history, a lot of things have happened. Maybe a man flew to the moon. Maybe a baby was saved by a baboon. We'll get to the bottom of this and much, much more.
2015. Today is Boston Marathon Day. Today is also Chinese Language Day. So, today is also Lima Bean Respect Day. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. National Lookalike Day. National Pineapple Upside Down Cake Day. And today is also the National Pot Smokers Day. 420. I've heard this show is better under the effects of marijuana. Just a rumor, folks. Try it sometime. Let me know what you think on Twitter at at UpWithDanny. Well, in 1996 on this day, the Chicago Bulls win a record 72 games in one season. In 1992, Madonna signed a $60 million deal with Time Warner. In 1983, President Reagan signed a $165 billion bailout for Social Security. In 1977, Woody Allen's film Annie Hall premiered. In 1971, the U.S. Supreme Court upholds the use of busing to achieve racial desegregation. And deaths. People were born and died today. We're gonna talk about it. Waking up with Danny, talking about life and death. Well, in 1972, Carmen Electra was born. In 1951, Luther Vandross was born and started writing songs. 1949, Jessica Lange. Is it Lange or Lange? Jessica Lange was born. 1920, John Paul Stevens, also born. And in 1893, Harold Lloyd came out and said hello to the world. But people also died. 1995, Tessie O'Shea, an entertainer, died at 81. 1992, Benny Hill, a comedian of The Benny Hill Show, dies of a heart attack, 67 years old. In 1991, Steve Marriott, an English guitarist, small faces, dies in a fire at 44. 1990, Horst Sinderman, RDA First Minister from 1973 to 1976, also dies. Well, in 1983, Jersey Andrews Jeske, a writer, also died. In 1979, Peter Donald, the host of Masquerade Party, dies at 60. In 1912, Bram Stoker, the Irish theater manager and writer of Dracula, dies. And in 1164, Victor IV, Ottaviano Monticello, the Italian antipope, from 1159 to 64, also died. And in 1812, George Clinton, no, not the funk artist, the fourth U.S. vice president, died at 73. He was the first vice president to die in office. There are three things all wise men fear. The sea and storm, a night with no moon, and the anger of a gentle man. Patrick Rothfuss said this. And the word of the day is stolid. It's an adjective meaning having or showing little emotion, dull or impassive. Stolid, from the Latin stolidus, which means dull or stupid, ultimately from the Indo-European root stel, which means to put or stand, which is also the source of stallion, stilt, install, gestalt, stout, and pedestal, steel, and epistolary. The earliest documented use was 1600, some usage, but it would be very hard to confuse her for Mary Arnett's Lissom Susanna, even in the dark. There is almost as little sexual chemistry between Jonathan Lemelou's stolid, characterless Figaro and Arnett's more charming Susanna. That was Anthony Holden, A Marriage Made in Hell, The Observer, from November 5th, 2006. And a bonus thought for the day. The belief in the possibility of a short, decisive war appears to be one of the most ancient and dangerous of human illusions. Robert Lind said this. He was a writer. He was born April 20th, 1879, and died in 1949. And you know you gotta learn something today. 
made life better The more you know, the more you know You'll make your life better And you know you gotta learn something today The idea that there could ever not be news is ridiculous to me. How could there not be news? My world requires news all the time. Every hour of the day, every time I click the refresh button, there is more news and I enjoy a brief endorphin rush before beginning my feverish clicking through the internet once more. Sometimes, however, nothing interesting is happening, even if we can't quite bring ourselves to admit it. 82 years ago from Saturday, the BBC just came right out and said it on the evening news. There is no news today, they announced, and piano music followed. April 18th, 1930 should give today's blog-fixated world pause. On that day, we troll the entire planet for news and not just one single exotic island nation, and so there's more to talk about. Also, there's a lot more of us doing things but it's just not always relevant in our own lives. Some days, piano music is just a better option. Waking up with 
Bear's sister-in-law, Deer, had two beautiful daughters called Fawns. Bear was a horrible, wicked woman, and she wanted the Fawns for herself. So this is what she did. One day, she invited Deer to accompany her. When she went to pick Clover, the two Fawns remained at home. While resting during the day, after having picked much Clover, Bear offered to pick out lice from Deer's head. While doing so, she watched her chance, took Deer unaware, and bit her neck so hard that she killed her. Then she devoured her, all excepting the liver. This she placed in the bottom of a basket filled with clover and took it home. She gave the basket of clover to the fawns to eat. When they asked where their mother was, she replied, She will come back soon. You know, she is always slow and takes her time in coming home. So the fawns ate the clover, but when they reached the bottom of the basket, they discovered the liver. Then they knew that their aunt had killed their mother. We had better watch out, or she will kill us too, they said to one another. They decided to leave without saying anything and go to their grandfather. So the next day, when Bear was away, they got together all the baskets and owls which belonged to deer and departed. They left one basket, however, in the house. When Bear returned and found the fawns missing, she hunted for their tracks and set out after them. After she had tracked them a short distance, the basket, left at home, whistled. Bear ran back to the house, thinking the fawns had returned, but she could not find them and so set out again, following their tracks. The fawns, meanwhile, had proceeded of their journey, throwing owls in baskets in different directions. These owls and baskets whistled each time Bear thought that the fawns were whistling and left the trail in search of them. And each time the bear was fooled in this manner, she became angrier and angrier. She shouted in anger, Those girls are making a fool of me. When I capture them, I'll eat them. The owls only whistled in response and Bear ran toward the sound. There was no one there. Finally, the fawns, far ahead of Bear, came to the river. On the opposite side, they saw Daddy Longlegs. They asked him to stretch his leg across the river so they might cross safely. They told him that Bear had killed their mother and they were fleeing from him. So when Bear at last came to the river, Daddy Longlegs stretched his legs over again. But when the wicked aunt of the two fawns walking on his leg reached the middle of the river, Daddy Longlegs gave a sudden jump and threw her into the river. But the bear did not drown. She managed to swim to the shore, where she again started in pursuit of the fawns. But the fawns were far off ahead of their aunt, and soon reached their grandfather's house. Their grandfather was a lizard. They told him of the terrible fate which had overtaken their mother. Where is Bear? he asked them. She is following us and soon will be here, they replied. Upon hearing this, Lizard threw two large white stones into the fire and heated them. When Bear arrived outside of Lizard's house, she could not find an entrance. She asked Lizard how she should enter, and he told her that the only entrance was through the smoke hole, 
so she must climb on the roof and enter that way. He also told her that when she entered the house, she must close her eyes tightly and open wide her mouth. Bear did as she was instructed, for she was very anxious to get to the two fawns, whom Lizard had told her were in the house. But as Bear entered, eyes closed and mouth open, Lizard took the red-hot stones from the fire and thrust them down her throat. Bear rolled from the top of the Lizard's house, dead. Lizard then skinned her and dressed her hide, after which he cut it in two pieces, one large and one small. The larger piece he gave to the older fawn, the smaller piece to the younger. The lizard then instructed the girls to run about and see what kind of noise was made by Bear's skin. The girls proceeded to run around, the skins making all kinds of loud noises. Lizard, watching them, laughed and said to himself, These girls are all right. They are thunders. I think I had better send them up to the sky. When the fawns came to Lizard to tell them they were going to return home, he said, Do not go home. I have a good place for you. I shall send you to the sky. So the girls went up to the sky. There, Lizard could hear them running around. Their ants' skins, which they had kept, makes the loud noises that we all call thunder. When the fawn girls ran around in the sky, rain and hail fell. So now whenever the girls, thunders, as Lizard called them, run around above, the rain begins to fall. That was the beginning of Thunder by the Miwok Indians of Tulum County. Yeah, and that's going to do it for this episode of Waking Up with Danny. April the 20th, 2015. I hope you'll join us next week on April 27th for another exciting episode. Waking Up with Danny. Thank you as always for listening. I love you all. Have an amazing Monday. Monday.